Hello, welcome to the Tall Street Digital Podcast. Every week we discuss search news and break down topics in SEO. As always, I am your co-host. I'm not the host. We're both hosts. I'm Court Blumquist yeah. and I'm joined by... Einar Johansson or Johansson. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Well, I, you say it how you say it, man. Make everybody else yeah, adapt yeah. to you. <laughs> right. You know, come on. Learn Icelandic <laughs> pronunciation and get it done. I, Reminds I mean, me I, of this. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I still say it correctly, but whatever. You, oh, I guess no. I'm close enough for comfort for you. We actually have a singer, and she has a similar name. Like her name is Johanna. She, for her brand, she just she plays the J with a Y for her brand, which is which is wild. Oh. But yeah. Well, that's so the same as Yoast SEO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yost, sort of. Yost just spelled it like toast, but with oh, a Y. Really? Even though his name oh, okay. is his name is Danish and it's spelled J O O S T, but people would just call him Juiced. So oh, he just okay. he just spelled it out like phonetically yes. in English, so that you would That's say the same. It. Yeah, yeah. He's a Dutch so, guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All oh. right. Some dots connect there. <laughs> no, I think is he Dutch or I? I thought he was from Copenhagen or something. I thought he's Danish. Uh, we can look it up after. I think he's such. Uh, right. But <laughs> gosh, I don't. I don't want to. Oh, you're right. He's from the Netherlands. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've I've been I've been confused because they have a ton of people at Yoast now, and they yeah. are like fully remote and from all over oh, Europe awesome. and the U.S. and everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, easy to get that. You get that all confused. A lot of countries over there in Europe. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots of small, small little places there. Different. Well, let's move on from uh, from geography. That I'm, I'm yes. You know, I'm better than most, but I'm still going to screw it up. To, uh, I guess, our area of ex expertise, supposedly mm -hmm. SEO. So we're we've been Absolutely. tracking this story for weeks. This Google helpful content update, uh, mainly because it hasn't. It's been kind of like a nothing burger, uh, according to most people. Like, oh, mm -hmm. Google's going to release this big update, and then okay, uh, doesn't make a big difference. But now we are seeing fluctuations. Um, so from a SEO roundtable uh, brings <laughs> us brings us this update that Chatter is now showing. And yeah. um, when Barry says Chatter, I think this is a Barry Schwartz article. Um, he says, um, uh, you know, on the Webmaster World Forums, he has all these quotes, you know, gosh, we're, we're dropped by 40%. Our traffic mm -hmm. is up 20% today. So, you know, some people are going up, some people are going down. I mean, I think a 40% decrease in traffic, wow, must mean that you have a lot of bad content on the website. I mean, that's, that's pretty damning since we know that that's what this latest core update is about. Um, and you can see this yeah. in some charts. Uh, so if you look at the show notes, I'll include a link to this uh, this search engine roundtable um, article. And um, there's charts from various tools. Um, Rank Ranger, I think they have Cognitive SEO, some SEMrush tools in here. And basically what it shows is just movement in, um, in the rankings. It, they're not tracking individual things, just has the order of those search results changed. Um, and yeah, a lot of activity just yesterday on September 8th, 
lots of things are starting to kind of reshuffle. Oh. Um, and I also flagged this story from uh, Search Engine Journal. Uh, there's a back and forth with uh, Danny Sullivan, who is one of the um, what's what's Danny Sullivan's title? Now, search liaison, something like that at Google. But he's a, mm. a, a spokesman that talks about these sorts of uh, search updates. Um, you know, and he says the helpful content signal. That's a new signal introduced, so it's. It, it's a brand new ranking factor. We think it's a thing that stands on its own the way that they're talking about it. But he said, you know, it maybe the helpful content signal alone wasn't enough to tip the scales and produce a change in someone's particular situation. But when we do other mm-hmm. updates, parentheses, core and product reviews, it might add into, might add into that and be more significant. Um, they, they also said, you know, gosh, um, maybe the majority of sites that are ranked aren't horribly unhelpful. So mm-hmm. maybe not seeing a huge shift is a good thing. It means that Google was already, for the most part, highlighting good things. I mean, I think we can all state from our own anecdotal experience when we've tried to search for something and we we have just gotten these things that do seem written for search engines. Um, yeah, yeah. But I also think, um, as was the case with uh, Penguin and Panda back in the day, that they just kept like, it's iterative. You know, they're going to make some changes now, see if using whatever user interaction signals that they have, however they're figuring out, did we do a good job with changing that ranking? Um, And if they do, then I think it'll, it'll continue to like propagate out and they'll get more aggressive with it and so on. So, yeah, but again, I, have I think you, the, sorry, have you heard about this affecting anyone in our space and in, in the uh, public policy world or is this not really because th- this is mainly about trying to target content made for search engines, right? I, 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 that's not very common. We talked yeah, about but that, this before, but that's not but even just, a good way. That's not even a good way to talk about it. it it's like, no, it's like stuff made to target search engines but be bad to users, mm. right? Because because lots yeah, of people, yeah. and I mean, we work with people and say, this is what you should do to get higher up in search engines. I mean, we engage in SEO. So in some to some degree, we are telling people, write this yeah, for a search engine, but, but, but we also want to make sure we're writing it for the search engine user because what's the point otherwise? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to bring people in and then have them click off your site. You're just wasting your time. Right. So it's, it's sort of like, I mean, it's like any other form of advertising. We'll talk about PPC ads in Google in a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, why on earth would you advertise and target a keyword and bring somebody into the site just to show them something that's not quite what they were looking for? You know, that's not the point of the, the wonderful thing about Google is you can target the people who really, really want the thing that you have not tricking, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no bait and switch. There's no gosh, you know, we have this great, great deal on uh you know uh, on the brand new models of honda and then the person arrives at the dealership and all you've got are used toyotas there's there's no point in doing a, a bait and switch type of thing online there are, there's a sufficient volume of people who are interested in the thing that you've got so target them uh yeah. and I, th- I think that's all google is saying here um okay we'll see more as it gets stronger i guess <laughs> yeah um well yeah, so 
we've, we've got to keep this, uh, this episode's going to be tight anyway. So we're just moving from story yeah, to story. Yeah. So, um, so here's another piece from, um, search engine journal. Um, they report that Yahoo has, has acquired. So Yahoo is still a company. I think they're owned by Verizon now. I'm not really sure. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yahoo parent company. Apollo Global Management. Oh yeah. So okay. Anyway, um, I don't know what that is. Let's yes, keep going. I, I I think they. Uh, I think I think they might have uh, gotten. I lost it after that uh, Templar Yahoo era. That was the last time I know what they were doing. They yes. Were doing. Yeah. Well, whatever whatever the weird remains of Yahoo is. Um, bought this company called factual and factual uh, says that they're an algorithm driven mm. news rating company that scores the credibility oh. of news sources. Okay. So interesting. So they're integrating some of the same stuff that we think that Google is integrating when it comes to their focus on uh, EAT expertise, authority and trust. And Google is especially uh, Google has said that they're using those EAT signals or the EAT is especially important when it comes to content that concentrates on your money or your life. So things like financial data, um, health advice, but also things just like politics, news, public policy. So a lot of the stuff that our clients in the, in the think tank and political magazine world touch on. Um, mm -hmm. But Factual, uh, which is only a three-year-old company, uh, it uses a 100-point scale to judge sites based on their quality. So overall site quality attracts the site's history, so things similar to what we surmise Google does, that it it's assigns some rankings to a website overall to assess the quality of that site, but that it's also mm -hmm. assessing things like the expertise of an author. We know from Google patents, and Google had their author program years ago, but we know from other patents that they're able to track um, individual authors across the web. Uh, and I think Google can even do things like identify author by their writing style. So, oh. uh, they oh. can also do things like, um, factual says that they also detect article tone and you and I have been looking at all these natural language processing things. Uh, Google oh, yes. has a thing just called Google NLP. Uh, Amazon has a thing called Amazon comprehend and they will assign, um, a tone rating as well. Like, is this negative? Is it positive or is it neutral? And that's just the kind of statements that each sentence is making. You know, so if it's a sort of is oh, statement, yeah. you know, uh, the FBI searched Donald Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. That's a mm. neutral sentence. Um, I know, yes, you know, companies in a, in use a, this for monitor how they're being talked about in the news. I know about uh, software products that do that. For yeah, so the, this sort of tone yeah. monitoring has been around for a long time. I think, it, I think so initially like that, it was yeah. just crude like looking for certain mm -hmm. adjectives or whatever and and as the natural language models get more and more sophisticated it can figure out yeah. things like um you know for for example the way that a sentence is, is structured you know in an effort to avoid being rude well mm -hmm. to uh, if you're avoiding <laughs> being rude you're not being rude so if a, a crude model might detect rude and say oh the help here was rude yeah. or these these people were rude these new natural language processing models will see that as a positive 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unlike my previous terrible experiences with tapas restaurants, this place yeah. was great. You know, you have to be a little bit, the, the computer has to be a little bit sophisticated to figure out what someone's expressing there. I'm sure that's the same with news article tone that sometimes, you know, human beings compare and contrast or um, negate stuff with the word not or whatever. Um, so presumably right. factual. Um, I don't know. How how much did they say that they bought them for? Mm, I don't think it's disclosed too much. in this article. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Three-year-old company, huge amount of money. Um, and... Uh, Yahoo's uh, this this company is also looking at the source quality, and that's another thing we know Google does. Uh, as in, Google is judging your article based on who you cite. So if you mm-hmm. are talking about um, unemployment or employment figures, and you link to the Department of Labor's latest statistics on unemployment, that's a good source. That makes sense. You know, that's a highly rated site. It's probably also Google's also going to be able to see that you're talking about the labor market and unemployment. And this is definitely a site that's an authority on labor and unemployment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whereas if you're linking to some fellow's random blog that doesn't have a particularly high credibility score, then your article isn't very credible. It's citing kind of low, low credibility things. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that Yahoo is in this game. Uh, there's still tons of people who are using Yahoo as like their home page, essentially their news of the day. They're not opening Google News like I do because I'm always looking to see how our clients are presented there or yeah. Apple News or one of these other aggregators. I mean, for something like 10 years, CNN.com was, I think, the most popular news site in the United States. I saw that reference recently. Someone was talking about kind of the corporate history of CNN. And they made that claim. I'm like, wow, that's kind of wild. But maybe they had a better, a better web experience. And of course, every article was free. I think, unlike a lot of like paywalled uh, premium news sites. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, Yahoo's trying to figure out how to. I, I suppose this is one of the main assets that they still have, and so they've got to keep it up to good quality. But it's interesting that they're pursuing the same path, looking at site quality author expertise, article tone, source quality. It's a lot of the same stuff that Google's measuring. So it sort of of reinforces the theme that we have here, which is keep producing good quality things and you will be rewarded. Like the the search engine is trying to serve users well. So if you do things that serve users well, like don't create garbage. Um, So create high quality content, organize it well, promote it really well so you get people linking to you and noticing you. Um, then the search engine is just going to sort of reinforce that attention that you're already getting and direct even more people to you. Yeah, I mean, content is always king. And that's a good uh, segue into the next story, I think. Um, yeah, so tell me about this. You you added this one into the notes well, here. Yeah, I just have a story here from Search Engine Journal on readability or more. They're, they're just releasing some readability checker tools to improve SEO. But for me, like I'm a real uh, readability junkie. Like I love like going through stuff and shorting sentences, stuff like that. So this is something interesting to me. And so when I saw something about this related to SEO, I wanted to talk about it. So um, the most, uh, I think one thing I just wanted to talk about here is 
so we have most of our or many of our clients use uh, Yoast SEO, which does have uh, readability checker built in as you're writing. Yes. And what this does is, uh, I mean, it's basically just checking if you are, you know, using too many uh, obscure words or your your sentences are too long. Um, if you're using, I don't remember if they necessarily check if you're using the same words. That maybe that's maybe another type of checker. But um, what I'm interested about here, this is sort of like when you think about how. Donald Trump talks, he really tended to try to keep things at a low grade just to be more accessible, right? Yeah. Uh, which, which really works. I mean, uh, and uh, there's another tool I use called Hemingway Editor, and that's named after the, yeah, after the, uh, what do you say in English, the uh, author? The writer, yes. After the writer, after right. The, the famously, yes. famously, um, uh, uh, what would we say, very brief sentences, very direct and brief sentences yeah. of... Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway was not one for flowery prose and lots of right. adjectives and lots of right. adverbs and things like that. And yeah, I find myself writing like this now without even having to use it. So like I, I put things into that Hemingway editor, it highlights things for me. And yeah, I seem to be making more short sentences nowadays. I don't know if that's reflected in my, in my speaking, but um, what I just wanted to say is that, so how I'm not a very experienced writer or anything, but I'm interested how this, uh, for our clients, like, do they have typically some tone or brand th tone that they have to preserve and th they have to sacrifice some, uh, degree of readability, or do you think they can typically just follow the advice from say the Yoast readability checker? Cause y you don't necessarily have to get a perfect score. They have some guideline just that you should ideally reach whatever whatever it is like uh i don't know how what they call it if it's 60 points or if it's just good it doesn't have to be excellent but you know what i mean like yeah. uh how what what do you think about that yeah i think they offer i think yoast just offers you up straight up multiple scores so i think it's yeah it's going to talk to you about right. um whatever they have listed here let me scroll down in the mm -hmm. notes um yeah, Yoast talks about passive voice, paragraph length, sentence length, um, mm -hmm. subheading distribution. It also does this thing called the, is it the Flesh or Fleisch Kincaid score? Uh, it's Flesh, I think. I just don't like I, I looked it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, um, which is supposed to measure reading ease and grade level. So I assume that that's based yeah. on vocabulary, that if you're using... Mm -hmm. Kind of comp complex big words. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to give you a lower lower score. Now, um, there's a lot of good tools in here, and I and I suggest you check it out in the show notes if you don't have a tool like this. So this is a 16 best readability checkers. Yeah. Um. But I think with our clients, it's it's just impossible to get a good score on every page. So I think yeah, because right. they're. A think tank writing about public policy or a group writing about, um, in the legal world, writing about Supreme Court mm, cases. They're going to use gonna, complex words. and Yeah, yeah th there's going to be no way to try to torture yourself into writing Hemingway-like prose when mm. you're dealing with, sometimes you're just dealing with complex ideas. You're going to have to say, um, you know, this law applies in this 
case, except in this case, and with this, and except in this case, and except in this, you know, you're just going to have these sentences with lots of clauses in them or whatever the proper grammatical way of talking about it is. They're going to be complex. And you're also just not going to be able to avoid jargon entirely. So what I think the way is to split the difference for our clients is there's going to be a research section of your site that's going to be it's just going to fail the readability test. Um, yeah. And that's where you get complicated, but that's also for the most specialized audience for the audience that really needs it. It is readable to them because they know all the jargon. They are expecting complex sentences that are going to parse out when things yeah. apply and when they don't so on. So that's fine. Save that stuff there. Exactly. That stuff is also probably just not going to do well in search engines no matter what because it's long, it's specialized. There's probably not going to be a lot of links coming to that stuff. Um, but that's really valuable because it's it's for the people who might implement the things think tanks want to do. I mean, think tanks are in the business of changing public policy. So at some point, someone who's uh, in the bureaucracy, maybe someone in the legislature, legislature more likely at the state level, right, is going to pick up this stuff and say, okay, I got to implement it. And I need something that's technical that gets down to the nitty gritty, so on. But that's going to be specialized in, in a marketing way of talking about it. They're at the bottom of the funnel. You've made the sale. Someone's really interested in implementing the policy. Here, give them all the details. But in the SEO world, you're going to want something that is readable. And that's why we encourage people to have you know, a blog or something that's very topical that is attracting those links because you're talking about whatever the news of the day is. Yeah. But also that that third type of thing. So there's, you know, the papers and the blog, lots of groups have that. They have their kind of publications yeah. and their newsy part. But the the third thing that we want lots of folks to focus on is like a reference. So um give me an overview of how immigration in the United States works. Or give me an overview. I don't, you know, I don't know this. Right public policy from anything. Let's say you, you're newly elected into your state legislature uh, in whatever state you're in, and you need to come up to speed on what this policy is about. How does this work? You know, Explain this to me like I'm completely new to the topic. And that's where those reference pages are so valuable and that can be continuously updated. But those should read in a very readable Hemingway-like fashion. Um, okay. Just like some of the best written Wikipedia articles are very straightforward assumes that you don't have a lot of um specialized knowledge in whatever the thing is um yeah yeah so that, a lot that's of how i call me from printed publications so they're not necessarily optimized for seo their mindset and how, how they p- produce content so yeah and they and they also coming from that publication background you also think i either have to be topical or i have to be um very academic and well-cited and so on, right? It's one mm-hmm. or the other because those are yeah. those were the two options when you were mailing stuff out to people, right? Like mailing things to Capitol Hill, sending stuff out to state legislators, uh, mailing out your newsletter to your supporters and subscribers. But now we have yeah. that option of having a reference page that's always up to date, which is sort of like having an encyclopedia. Like we have this specialized encyclopedia. It has an entry for all these areas that we're interested in. And it gives you context and a broad overview and lets you know, okay, if you're interested in this aspect of tax policy, go here. If you're interested in this aspect of immigration policy, check this stuff out. You know, give somebody a way to get started. Um, 
And those are the things that can just rank super, super well uh, in search engines because they're you're providing something going back to useful content that's wildly useful to someone. I don't mm-hmm. know the first, I don't know. I'm overwhelmed by this topic. How do I get started? You know, where's the area where I could, I could improve things in my state or whatever the case might be. Um, that's great. It's, 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 it's very, and it's very hard to start that with either a news article that's just talking about sp- reacting to something that's going on in the news um, or a paper that's like so many levels deep, you already have to be a specialist to know what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's where to focus readability, grab one of those tools. And, you know, if you have those pages, submit them to the readability test, submit your blog posts. Um, if you don't have those pages yet, write them with the help of something like Hemingway. I love Hemingway. I think that's a good, that's a good tool, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hemingway, Grammarly, whatever. There's lots, lots of tools to, to try, and yeah, most many of them have trials. Some are free. Yeah, so. I think you can just pop up Hemingway for free anytime and just start. Yeah, typing. yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's a nice way to just copy paste something you've already done into it. See if it gives you some feedback. You know, simplify things down. Yeah. All right, we, we've got limited time. I can uh, probably probably push the next call a little little bit late. Um, right. Okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> all right so i wanted to talk about this thing that um we've gone from barry schwartz to barry adams um okay at barry adams site seo for google news.com uh you can check that out i think he's on Substack or something like that um mm-hmm. So Barry's worked on all sorts of sites and I, I go to him for advice on all sorts of things. Like literally we're in a Slack group together and I will ask him directly, but I also read his, his posts cause he just has so much uh, experience doing cool stuff. So he's worked with like, I think the daily mail and the sun in the UK and Fox business in the U S and, and maybe Fox itself. So suffice to say very huge news sites, uh, that can just rank for, thousands or tens of thousands of, of keywords and get just tremendous amounts of search volume. So um, he brought up a few things that I thought we might highlight for folks. Um, so one is something I think people don't think about, which is publishers don't have article images that match the guidelines from Google. Um, okay. And those the, the guidelines have changed. I think we talked about this maybe in a past episode that, that they've brought the kind of um, oh. minimum size of those um, images down. So I think they, oh. and, and, they and, and Google okay. always expresses the specs in ways that are the least helpful I find. So they were talking about something like, Oh, it has to have, it has to be at least X million pixels. And when you do the math, right. you realize, oh, okay, that's 500 by 600, oh. something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it would just be nice if they would say uh, a width of this to this and a height of this to this. So that, that's how I usually think of it, not by multiplying the two of them together. I don't think of pixels like square footage. Um, like a megapixel, yeah, yeah. Yes, like a total, me- it's just not how you think about things. But um, no, yeah, unless you're um, into photo- photography, yeah. That's- yes, um, but... Uh, lots of sites do not have that. And they also don't uh, put those images out there in multiple formats. So mm-hmm. I believe that Google prefers things in a 16 by nine, a four by three and a one to one. So basically 
what you would expect like a Facebook share image to look like. Um, yeah. Something that's much wider than it is tall. Something that's just a little bit wider than it is tall and then square. And that way they can slot it into the Google News app in any way that they want. Uh, they can choose mm -hmm. to pull the square image if they're making you the highlighted piece or whatever. But it, yeah. it allows them to flow multiple layouts, right? Uh, mm -hmm. so it's, a, it's something that's really easy to provide if you get that set up in your site going forward and you don't have to worry, you know, if you're, if you have a site with 4,000 posts or 16,000 or 160,000 posts, you don't have to go back and retrofit everything with that. You should just be worried about it going forward. Um, and there are some nice plugins that should be able to generate stuff like this, where you upload a single image and then you choose those three different cropped sizes for it um, yeah. so that you make sure that, you know, the subject of the photo is still in there when it's resized and so forth. Um, the other thing that Barry highlights um, are categories. So categories are sort of an afterthought for people. And I feel like a lot of the clients that we talk to haven't thought about it for a long time and maybe they haven't messed with it because it's going to kind of cause like internal controversy. Like the organization is mm -hmm. going to have this debate about, ah, what, how do we want to talk about this? Um, you know, how do we really want to, do we want to have this category or this category? Should this be a subcategory of something else? You know, so it is a conversation that you have to have internally, but putting it off and not thinking about it uh, just disadvantages you so much because Google is looking for sites that are experts at certain things. So, yeah. Um it's going to want to it's going to want to promote content from uh The Verge or PC Magazine or uh I can't think of what any tech blogs are anymore. I used to be so into reading them all the time. But it's going to highlight those when it comes to like an iPhone review. It's not going to highlight Car and Driver for an iPhone review. But Car and Driver will be featured for a review of the latest minivans, whatever the case might be. But if you're uh -huh. not communicating, we are a site about these five or 10 or 15 topics, whatever it is. Um, if you're not communicating that clearly on the pages with things like breadcrumbs or links back to category pages uh, or in the, the metadata, like schema and structure data, Google doesn't know that. And we've seen it um, with our clients where yeah. once they reorganize. It's not smart um, enough yet. No, I mean, I think it's pretty unreasonable to think that it is going to be smart enough. It's just so much yeah. text to go through. I mean, think about if, if they you, thought so, if, they wouldn't have. Yeah, started. Yeah, uh, think about if you had to do data. that. Yeah. You had to discern what a site was about. You're a human with a brain that can actually look at stuff and say, "Oh, I know what topic this is." Yeah, yeah. talking about <laughs> across thousands of different things, very hard to understand. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's pretty unreasonable to think that without that metadata and without clumping things together in some logical way um, that, that even with all of its, all of the PhDs working at Google um, on all their natural language processing, that they're going to figure that stuff out. Um, there are a couple other small things. Um, one is pagination. So Barry points mm -hmm. out that if you have this thing of load more articles, load more articles as you go through um, a page of, search results or a category page or however you navigate to the next thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Google may not necessarily click that, or that may be a JavaScript 
uh, functionality, in which case it's Google has to load the page, render it in JavaScript, click the link, maybe send it back to the JavaScript renderer. It, it just makes it like a huge pain for Google, which is why as much as it seems like old fashioned, and I know that like load more, load more, load more seems like kind of the fashionable modern thing to do. Um, sure. getting, getting to the bottom of a page and having, you know, the, the pagina the old school pagination of you're on page one of one, 160 results, whatever it might be. Um, it's better for Google because it's all in HTML and they can click it and find every single page on your site quite quickly. Um, otherwise it, it just may not be discoverable. So that's a pretty straightforward one. And it's a thing that's a pretty simple thing to change, I think, in most sites. Uh, and it can just make a dramatic difference because if Google's just struggling to even find everything on your site, it certainly can't determine what your site's about. Um, mm -hmm. And finally, uh, Barry underscores a thing we've talked about again and again, which is EAT, Expertise, Authority, and Trust. So simple stuff like, do you have well-fleshed-out author pages with long biographies you know do you have defined editorial policies that you can share i mean um, a lot of the groups that we work with have these elaborate processes that they go through where you know someone submits a manuscript it goes to a review board it goes back to the author then it gets reviewed again it goes to an editor you know some peer is going to check the factual claims whatever if you have that process in place and that increases the quality of your writing you should be talking about that. And it's one of the things in the quality raters guidelines. Google asks its quality raters when they're looking at a website to look for an editorial policy. And if that editorial policy shows, yeah, man, a lot of a lot of people look at this stuff and we really try to produce something of high quality results. Um that helps with the 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 trust factor and expertise, authority, and trust. Uh, you can trust this because it's been reviewed by multiple people. This is just sort of one person spouting off. Um, another thing that can help with trust too is just ownership details. So for our think tank, when it comes to publishers, it would be something like, oh, is this is this a website about technology that's owned by Samsung? That would be relevant because Samsung might be inclined to write nice things about its own products. Um, mm -hmm. With our clients... Um, I think it's great to disclose everything that you can about who donates to you. So I've seen good examples of this, like in, it's not on their about page, but I think I remember looking at like an annual report on the American Enterprise Institute's website and yeah. they broke down things like how many individual donors they have, okay. how many foundations that they have and how they accept something like, oh. I may oh, be getting okay. this, this wrong, but um, I'll, I'll say if this is not quite the right number, it was at least in the, this spirit. I think they said something like they received no more than 2% of their budget from any given donor. Right. Um, so that, okay. I mean, that makes me trust you, trust someone more in that, okay, the most someone can buy is 2% influence over the place. Yeah. So that seems like they're pretty well diversified where they're not going to be like holding their tongues about something or letting something, I mean, most of the time with most of the, most everybody that we work with in that space, they don't even know who the donors are. <laughs> like the people writing policy yeah. are just completely uninterested in the fundraising side of things. And in, in many cases, they don't know as a matter of internal policy too. And that might be something to share on 
on an about page. You know, our fundraising department is completely separate from our policy or editorial department. Um, you know, nobody gives more than X percent to our budget, uh, whatever. So whatever, whatever that you can express there that says, you know, we've tried to minimize the amount of influence or there is no influence, whatever you can say about who funds you, who owns you, who controls you, uh, to show that you are still maintaining some degree of independence, um, all the better, mm -hmm. but, uh, but lots of groups have those policies in place and then don't talk about them publicly, which is a huge mistake. So if you're doing good stuff and you're trying to be virtuous, uh, shout it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. So this, this was in their like annual report or something. Where was this information? Yeah. It's in, in their annual report. But I, I think the last time I spoke with someone there, I said, Hey, you know, tout this stuff on your about page. That's really, you know, you're doing, you're doing good stuff. You have really good, you have good policies. Right. You're being considerate. You're trying to be a serious unbiased group. Um, yeah certainly coming at things from one point of view, but not biased in that way of, of letting someone kind of hold sway over things because of some financial relationship. So yeah. that's great. Like that's stuff that is, that should be highlighted. And it's stuff that's explicitly talked about in the Google quality Raiders guide. Cause that's what they're looking for. They're looking for. Okay. You know, that makes as sense. Cl close yeah. to unbiased as you can get. Um, so we still have this large topic of PPC versus SEO, but we're kind of running out of time. So should we just like running tease out of that time. <laughs> and sa save that for next week? Yeah, let's plan it. But it's it's just, yeah, we want to talk about how many of our clients can really should be doing both because um, of the Google Ad Grant. It definitely should be doing SEO, but with, with the amount of content most of our clients are writing. But... PPC is often forgotten, I think. Um, I'm not, not sure if everyone is aware of the ad grant. So yeah, let's talk about that next time. But that's a little teaser, I suppose. Yes. So so next time, we'll, we can st even start the show with that. Uh, so we, okay. don't, we don't keep bumping <laughs> it um, to next week like uh, some poor guest in yeah, a talk show sure. who doesn't get to appear. Uh, yeah, but we've got lots to say about that because we help, we help folks with those Google ad grants. And combining that PPC or pay per click with SEO mm -hmm. is a, is a pretty great combination. Um, but yeah, we'll get into the nitty gritty of that next week. So, uh, until then, I guess that's it. Yeah. Until next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.